Welcome to the Social Media Podcast. How are you doing? This is Simon here from Perception Studios. I'll tell you more about who I am and what it is that I do very soon. But as always, we are about to go into today's recording of Dazed, Confused and Generally Buggered. This is my daily live video answering your social media and video questions to try and help you get creating content during these really difficult times that we're all going through at the moment. Today's content was all about influencer marketing and what it could do for your b2c business the social media podcast with simon skulls tips hints and great content ideas morning how are you diddling excellent me too thank you very much for asking welcome to another episode of dazed confused and generally buggered which as i say at the start of most shows is probably how we're all feeling at the moment today even more so than about you just feeling a little bit Whoa, dazed. I think that might be because Max was up at 5.30 this morning, waking us both up. But it could also just be the fact that being in this lockdown situation now for seven weeks, going on eight. In fact, it's probably about eight weeks because we've been locked down a week extra. And yeah, it's been a long, long old haul, hasn't it? Anyway, welcome to another live broadcast, another live video, answering your social media and video questions. If you don't know who I am, I'm Simon Scholes, and I am the founder and creative director of this bad boy right here, Perception Studios. And we uh, help brands and businesses create visual content that helps them stand out on their social media, be it video, animation, aerial work, photography work, pretty much anything visual, uh, but getting really creative as well with it. So not just your average day of the run of the mill content but stuff that people will really see stands out and uh, draw them towards your brand on your social media channels so that's what we do but then also i try to help smaller brands and businesses after a couple of years ago it came very abundant to me that not everybody is able to come to an agency and say can you create this for us because they don't necessarily have the budget or they don't even really know where to begin so instead what about you creating content yourself so I came up with my How to Nine Times Your Social Media Process, which is basically you creating content yourself for your brand for free. My favorite four-letter word, F-R-E-E. Um, I do have other favorite four-letter words, but that's probably the top of the list. I am a Yorkshireman after all, so uh, we do like free stuff. So um, that's how I came up with that process. And that's generally what these videos are all about, helping you with your social media, your video, what can you do for free or for at least as little spend as humanly possible? Because today's subject matter is more about a very small spend or potentially some sort of give and take in a relationship between you and an influencer. I'm going to talk about influencer marketing today. Now, it's only a small bit. But um, I'm going to talk about that. Also, I'm going to be answering some of your questions. We've had some questions come in overnight. So I'm going to answer those as well. And don't forget as well, all this week we're here because of the team at Abode Housing, Abode Homes. Those guys up there, they have been kind enough to sponsor the live broadcast and all the content that comes out of this live broadcast at the end of the day as well for the entire week. So thank you very much to them. If you don't know who they are, they build modern and energy efficient, sustainable homes in the UK marketplace. So if you've got a plot of land and you want to build a house on it and you have planning permission these guys can help you put something up nice and quickly it's almost as high a standard as a timber frame house absolutely amazing stuff some of the properties they have for sale are absolutely stunning you can take a look at their website the link is in the section below and not only do they do energy efficient homes that are really adaptable but the homes are also 
carbon zero status, which uh, Chris mentioned yesterday, one of our accountant viewers, that there are some kickbacks on. So check those out. Uh, they're all, almost 100% fire resistant, which is fantastic. And they're very energy efficient as well, which is just awesome. So if you've not had a chance to go and take a look at their website yet and see some of the properties that they've got for sale, go and click on that link after the live show and take a look at Abode Homes. So thank you very much to them for sponsoring the show this week. Right then, let's take a look at the uh, comments because as always, the comments are open no matter what platform you're watching on right now because we're live across five different streams. We are currently on Twitch, Periscope, Twitter, YouTube, and on Facebook as well. So come along, say hello. I know there's a few of you watching out there already. So drop into the comments, tell me who you are, tell me where you are in the world, and that would be great. Don't just lurk in the background. It'd be nice to come and have a chat, especially during the current situation that we're all in. It's a bit weird. So come and say hello, uh, just like Ed has done this morning. And in fact, he's uh, just bigging up some of the stuff that we've done. Uh, he's saying that he had a field day with social media yesterday. But why did he have a field day with social media yesterday? He had a field day because he planned his content. It makes life so much easier. I go on about this pretty much almost every single um, live broadcast that I do. But planning your content makes life so much easier. If you know where you're going with your content, if you know what you're going to talk about, then that content can just flow so much better. So get a plan in place. Ed is testament to that. He had a field day yesterday with social media, all thanks to the fact that he had planned his content. And also he's let us know what his favourite four-letter word is. It's food. And yeah, that's probably up there with me, but free is better because then you get free food. So then you get the best of both worlds. You see, always thinking. Anyway, right. Influencer marketing. This is an interesting one, and it is probably more targeted, this particular session, uh, to business to consumer, so B to C. I know all businesses human to human, um, and influencer marketing can work in the business to business marketplace, but it is going to work even better for B to C. If you've got a product that you sell that isn't necessarily a service, then having somebody who can really endorse that is absolutely amazing, especially on social media, because you can get a lot of bang for your buck at the moment. A lot of influencers obviously not doing world trips, they're not going abroad, they're not doing a lot. Um, so a lot of like influencers will be happy to do smaller influencing work for you as a brand, as a business, while they're on current lockdown. So 100% working looking at this. So let me explain first what an influencer actually is. So an influencer is somebody with an audience who interact with their content and give a damn about what it is that they've got to say and can potentially be influenced by that person who is the creator. So that content creator could be big on one single social media channel like YouTube, which is where the original influencer marketing came from, or they could be big on multiple channels. So they could be um, big on Twitter and big on Instagram, big on TikTok, big on Facebook, big on YouTube. So they could be big on all those different types of channels. And basically what it is, is an influencer is somebody of an audience that they can in have influence over, hence their name. However, not everybody with a big inf audience is an influencer. And this is something a lot of brands and businesses are slowly starting to learn and cotton on to and get into their mindset. Because having a million subscribers on YouTube does not automatically mean that you are the perfect person to work with a brand. Now, you could have an audience of a million and that audience could be interactive with your content. 
but that doesn't mean you are the perfect person to work with that brand. You could be the influencer, the creator, and you could be a vegetarian. That pretty much rules out working with someone like KFC or McDonald's because they're not going to really be in with your ethos. So there's that level of thinking to think about. But the big level of thinking to think about is so many people in the past have spent their time buying views, buying subscribers, buying followers. And so brands in the past would look through these people's channels and go, right, that person there, they've got 25,000 people follow them on Instagram. They're obviously an influencer. Oh, they, they like sport as well. Brilliant. Wear a sports clothing channel. We'll get them to wear some of our clothing on their content and we'll pay them for the privilege of doing it. What they didn't do was look a little bit deeper. So influencers now have to be whiter than white, cleaner than clean, because in the past, people were spending their time buying follows, <clears throat> buying likes when they were putting out a piece of content, buying subscribers. And so the content that they were putting out wasn't actually getting any interaction because those followers that were buying and subscribers that were buying and likes that were buying were dead. They weren't there for any good they, 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 they weren't doing anything so they put out a piece of content and they might have a million subscribers on on youtube for example but they'd be lucky if they got a thousand views on a piece of content now a thousand views would be very nice don't get me wrong for a brand but when you're paying somebody for the privilege of the fact that they've got a million subscribers and you're only getting a thousand people seeing that and then potentially the retention time on that content is even lower then you can see why brands and businesses were actually investing into something that was pretty much dead money and that's why brands and businesses like the goat agency and uh, social brand, I think it is, Steve Bartlett's company, have come around now and actually starting to help brands understand which influencers are the best ones to work with and actually who they're going to get the best return from. Because a lot of brands will have been forking out a lot of money to these influencers who they've got nothing back from whatsoever because they've faked their engagement. They've faked the number of likes that they've got. And as a smaller brand, as a smaller business, you've got to be really careful how you go about looking to spend your money. And, and you can do this, but you've got to look a little bit deeper into the person that you're looking at. So as, as a as a business right now, you might sell these pens. And these pens are great pens. They're brilliant pens. They're the best pens. So which influencers are likely to be the best ones for you to look at? Well, there will be people out there who are creating content specifically about, about pens, specifically about ergonomic pens, perhaps, and specifically about felt tips or drawing and artistry. So what you would do is look for influencers or people with an audience that is interactive and actually care about what they've got to say. And you would contact them and just drop them a direct message on the platform or find out what their email address is and just say, look, I've got this brand new pen coming out. I'd really love you to use it on your content. Um, what are your fees for influencer marketing? And just see what they've got to say. And then go back to them and say, look, well, I don't have that kind of budget. This is the budget we have. What could you do for us? Because different influencers might say, well, you know what? I can't merely make a video for you because your budget's a bit small, but what I could do is put you into my Instagram stories, which could hopefully help draw people to your content, to your channel, um, and that would work better for you. So there's always generally something on a budget level for most brands and most businesses when it comes to influencer marketing, as long as you're speaking to the right people. So don't get 
crazy. So if you've got a marketing budget um, for your product and you want to put it behind influencer marketing and you've got a thousand pounds to put behind influencer marketing, it sounds a lot of money, but actually in the grand scheme of things, it's not. But that's not to say don't approach some bigger content creators, but just think a little bit smaller. So rather than thinking, right, okay, I'm going to approach the guys with a million, two million followers on, on Instagram, they're more likely not to really do work for a thousand pounds. It sounds a lot of money to us and it sounds ridiculous to us to not, for them to not take that thousand pounds and post a photograph of them using your pen, but a lot of them won't. Doesn't mean you don't approach them because they may do, they may love the values behind your pen, the idea behind your pen, but what I'm saying is don't get your hopes up with those particular people. Look at a smaller audience. Look at actually breaking that £1,000 down into smaller bite-sized chunks, so maybe 10 times 100, and go for 10 creators who maybe have 10,000 followers and would take £100 to put a piece of content out. That's advertising your pen because they like your pen. And what you've got to do is then just reach out and just say, look, this is what I've got to spend is there anything you can do to help? Thank you very much. There are also other ways of getting even smaller creators to work alongside you, um, which I've had in the past. My audience is a little bit smaller. Um, so I've had um, c companies come to me and say, look, we like your content. Don't really want to have to pay you, but would you be interested in some sort of um, affiliate kind of marketing? So they'll give me a code. The people who use that code will get money off the product when they buy it, and I'll get a small kickback from that purchase as well. So, for example, I use StreamYard. I have an affiliate code down in the links below. People click on that. Hopefully, they'll um, use StreamYard for their live broadcast, which would be fantastic. And I don't get any money back, but I get some credit towards the next month's worth of spending for using StreamYard. So there's lots of different ways of working with, with influencers as a brand, but you've just got to think a little bit side outside the box and just realize that, yes, I've got a thousand pounds to spend, but am I better off spending it with Mr. X who may have a million subscribers and might take a thousand pounds if I'm lucky, but possibly won't, or actually getting 10 100 pound clients influencers who will be talking to lots of different types of audiences who all like their content and because they've got 10,000 <coughs> followers i can take a look at their analytics a little bit better and see if that's true engagement yes it is brilliant that's the kind of person you want to be working with and i would say you're better off having 10 who will lift you up to 100,000 potential audience and they're getting an engagement of like say 50% than having a million subscriber person and them having an engagement rate of maybe 20%. Because it's just that engagement rate, then the sell-by rate, it's just not going to really work off. Whereas smaller creators, their audiences are a little bit more of a community um, and they're more than likely to want to do something for their creator to help them. So I, I think it's just worth just thinking a little bit more outside the box uh, about your influencer marketing. And if you are a big brand, a big business, speak to the agencies who do this. Don't just assume you can do this all yourself. These guys have a business for a reason. Agencies like GOAT exist because it's important to get this right. So 100% go and talk to these agencies 
and get them to help you create content. And it doesn't always have to be video. It doesn't always have to be an Instagram post. It could be that you're putting out a magazine and you put recipes in your magazine for your supermarket. And for example, you want people who have got toddlers to help them create recipes for their toddlers because the toddlers are weaning and they're struggling to create food for them. So then you get an influencer who's got children who's done the weaning or is currently going through it and they're creating recipes and they write up a recipe that then you publish in your magazine. And that's also another form of influencer marketing because it just gets people going, oh, well, that person, I like them. They've written a recipe for the magazine for X supermarket. Well, I'll go buy the ingredients from there because they must have them because they've published the recipe in the first place. And then you go there, get your ingredients, and you make it. Just think a little bit outside the box for your potential of influencer marketing. But definitely, if you're a bigger brand and you have the budget, go and talk to an agency who will help you with this. They'll make sure that you get the right influencer for the content that you're trying to create. It's so important, and even some agencies have software that will actually look at the influencers and be able to go, actually, right, that's fake, that's fake, and actually look at different like the likes and things like that on that piece of content and say, okay, well, most of that's fake. We're not paying for that because you've bought those likes or you've bought those, those follows. So just be really mindful. If you've got a budget, go and talk to an agency. If you don't, be careful who it is you're talking to to do the influencer marketing for your brand, for your business. Okay, blimey, take a breath. I think that's kind of covered off influencer marketing. Uh, thank you very much for joining me this morning, by the way. If you've just tuned in, if you are brand new to the streams or you're a regular, make sure you uh, say hello in the links. Um, Miles is saying hello this morning. Good morning to Miles, who's watching on Facebook. Thank you very much for joining us. Whatever platform you're on that you're watching on at the moment, make sure you just drop into the comments, say hello, tell me where you are in the world, tell me uh, how I can potentially help you as well with your social media and your video. In the meantime, though, shall we go to some of the questions that came through the other day? Okay, so these, these are interesting questions. Uh, first one, audio tags are the future, or are they already here? What do you think? Okay, this is something my old boss used to go on about a lot. And an audio tag is the tag, the piece of audio that you will hear, whether it's sound effects or a piece of music, that relates to a brand. So you would hear, not that, and I'm not a very good singer, but that would kind of, in, in your head, you'd go, oh, that's Dell, or that would be Microsoft, or that would be Apple, or whatever that kind of audio tag is, it would instantly be recognizable as that brand. A bit like, do, 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 do. You would automatically probably sing on the end of it, I'm loving it. Um, and everybody would know that is connected to a famous Golden Arches burger brand. So, Yes, audio tags, I think, have been here for a long time. Um, my old boss used to think this as well, and he was very adamant that we should try to work on creating audio tags for all the different brands that we used to work with. I think they've been here for years. I don't think they're anything new. Um, I think in the age of podcasts, which I think we're slowly but surely falling into a little bit more right now, I think they're probably more powerful than they've ever been because people are listening to podcasts because they're frictionless content. And if you've got an audio tag that connects to that frictionless content and it connects to your brand and people can recognize that nice and easily, I th yeah, absolutely. It depends on how far you want to go with your brand. If you're going to use the audio tag on your video content, 
Are you going to use it on anything else? Are you going to create radio adverts and use that audio tag? There's lots of ways of thinking about it. Um, but yeah, I think audio tags have been here for a long, long time. Um, but I think they're possibly going to become even more prevalent now that we are in that age of podcasting. We are in that age of voice command content, voice command software like Alexa and Amazon and Google Chrome and all those kind of things. I think absolutely audio tags will become even more powerful for a brand in, in the coming months just as that instant recall, that is X, that is Y. And you hear it and you go, yeah, that's that brand. Um, so hopefully that's answered your question. I don't know if it's going to do you any good or not, but yes, I do believe it. Uh, my niche may be too narrow. I don't know how I can give good content and value. Okay, difficult one to answer because I'm not entirely sure what your niche is. Um, I'm not mentioning this person because they asked me not to, um, but I don't know how to give good content and value. So if your niche is really, really narrow, think a little bit outside the box. Um, so I had um, a friend who ran a um, business and they were actually, they were based in the UK and they were very much concentrating on creating content that was for um very much created on a business sorry that was for enhancing performance in top top level um athletes um and i found it absolutely fascinating uh, that my friend was doing this he's um he, he was a lecturer at a university mm-hmm. so he's a lecturer at the university but it, and he was a former top athlete himself and he was doing this kind of thing i thought it was very interesting um and when I was asked about what kind of content can you create and what kind of stuff. So you need to just think a little bit outside the box. So for your business, whatever it is that you do, what could you create for the people that person might necessarily mix with? That's along the same lines. So if your niche is this type of pen, but obviously you sell, there's lots of different types of pens available, but this pen is the one that you want people to be buying because that's your niche you could still give value on what other pens are capable of doing and still draw people back into this pen so if this pen is a calligraphy pen what you would do is you'd draw people into how would you do artwork how would you do signage how would you do um what would this particular felt tip do what would this particular highlighter do this particular marker that would draw people into your content because lots of people like pens But then people would find out more about you and the fact that you have created this particular calligraphy pen and all that content that you've got is drawn into that. Now, they're not calligraphy people, but their uncle might be a person who does calligraphy. And so they would mention your brand to them. So think about the onward chain. It's a bit like networking. You're not selling to the room. When you go into a networking event, you're not selling to the room because half of the time, if you put, you ask people to put their hands up and say, who's here to sell? Everyone will put their hand in the air. You ask them who's here to buy anything and nobody will. But you don't know who they know. So think of it that way. When you're creating your content, create it for a wider market because you don't know who they're going to niche it down to in the future. So just always mention that you do a calligraphy pen. So it'd be, hi, I'm Bob, and I've created this great calligraphy pen, but today we're going to talk to you about this felt tip, which I think is fantastic for X, and then do your content around that. So think just outside the box and then narrow it down, just like I got my friend to do. Just think outside that box, narrow it down eventually. So outside the box, 
get lots of content for these people. They will narrow it down for you. And then you can talk to those people on that niche, narrow trajectory. Hopefully that's kind of answered your question. Um, okay, another one that's uh, staying anonymous. Uh, in the past, you've mentioned using your own name in the Instagram account and putting a brand in the description. Is that also true for clothing brands or will that give the perception that I'm a bit more DIY? <sighs> okay, interesting one. It depends on what your brand is trying to achieve and whether you're the brand, if you're living the brand. Um, so the guy who created Gymshark, he was a sports person. He was living the sports life. So yes, okay, Gymshark isn't his name, but he was living the brand. Um, me personally, I probably, yes. And if it's a smaller brand, yeah, absolutely. Use your Instagram account and, and put the brand in the description and use your content on the, on the Instagram account to push out to more people. And because it's for your own name, then more people will get to see it because your friends and family will like content more likely. Um, but yeah, it's a difficult one. I would say create your own account personally on the clothing brand name um, because you want everything on there to be about that clothing brand. You don't want to muddy the waters any way, shape or form. Um, and also you might not necessarily be the best person to be the face of that brand. Uh, somebody else might be an influencer might be the best person to be the face of that brand. So that's not to say you're not the best person. I don't know you, but think a little bit further down the line. What good is an audience on your own personal channel going to do you if you go to the size of Gymshark? Now, you could start it that way. You could start it on your own personal channel and just see what kind of momentum it gets. And if it's starting to get momentum, just go, right, okay, bang, we've created our own channel. I would probably just go bang, I've created my own channel and just go for it from there and draw people from your personal account into the business account for the clothing side of things. So if you're creating content personally on your personal Instagram channel, just now and again, drop in a video um, of you maybe working out if it's a sports clothing brand or maybe you skating if it's a skater brand. I don't know what kind of brand it is you're looking for, but I would probably look to create a separate account and draw people in from your other account rather than just link, just mentioning the fact that you've got a brand on your other account personally that's the way the route i would take i'm sure there's lots of other ideologies in people's heads but that's the one i would go for create a specific account to the brand don't muddy the waters don't confuse your audience um and yeah there you go and that way you can you can tag up that content nicely with whatever the, the type of brand that it is and write your descriptions specifically for it uh, rather than just muddying the waters with your own personal um brand on instagram Okay, uh, let's have a look see if we've got any questions coming in just now. A um, little bit quieter on the question front. Understandable, it is Saturday and it's a gloriously sunny day. But if you do have any questions, uh, whatever platform you're watching on at the moment, just drop them into the comments. be great to hear from you, even if you're just saying hello and where you are in the world. Um, and yeah, I'll do my best to answer them today. Or if you're watching on the replay, you can still ask questions. A lot of these questions I'm answering now are from replay views and emails I've been getting through. So if you want to ask any questions on the replay, feel free, drop them into the comments or drop me an email. My email address is scrolling along the bottom of the screen right now. If you're watching on the replay or on the live, or if you're listening to the podcast, it's in the description box below. Go and check it out and drop me an email. 
and I'll do my best to answer your question either on the email or on tomorrow's live instead. Uh, but anyway, get your comments in and uh, we'll do our best to answer them. Uh, we'll have a look on Twitter as well in just a moment. But let's go back to my uh, final question that's come through. Let's have a look here. Um, <clears throat> this one's come through from John. Uh, I'm a dad and I weld. Plus, I work full-time as a field engineer, but I want to get out there sharing love and knowledge about healthy farming and how to teach people to fix things themselves around the home. Can you point me in the right direction? Wow, okay. Um, get started doing stuff. I think that's kind of the, the main way to go, John. Um, yeah, that there's all these channels available out there for you. Um, I've mentioned this before, find out where your avatar is hanging out. Um, and I would probably concentrate on right now um, fixing things because everyone's in lockdown right now. Everyone's in this situation where they don't know how to fix or engineer problems. So it could be a car thing. It could be a lawnmower thing, but I would start creating content, teaching people how to do simple tasks that they wouldn't necessarily want to hire an engineer for, or an engineer would come out and cost, charge them a fortune, but they could do it themselves really easily. So what kind of things could you be doing? Um, I mean, as a field engineer and somebody who's obviously into farming, I'm guessing you're fairly hands-on. Um, so I would suggest things like my lawnmower's blades are blunt. How do I sharpen them? So you would create a content, how to sharpen uh, lawnmower blades. And then you would talk people through on the video, how to take the lawnmower blades out, how to sharpen them, how to put them back safely, all that kind of stuff. And you could do that on different models of lawnmower. And that's just probably 10, 20 pieces of content just there. Um, but then there's other things that people might struggle with at the moment that they might not remember how to do. Um, so how to rewire a plug or how to change the wheel on a car, or how to change a light headlamp in this particular vehicle, or how to put oil, how to change the oil on a car, and all those kind of things you could probably really help with. You don't want to mishmash it too much because there are so many different areas of engineering, there are so many different areas of mechanics. So absolutely, I would go down the line of how to fix things at the moment because people are really struggling um, when things are breaking down, I've not been able to get them to anywhere to get it fixed. And it, I mean, it could even be something like a, a buckled wheel on a pram. How do you fix that? Just different thought processes, just thinking out a little bit more about actually how can I help people right now because everyone's in this weird situation. What content could I create for them right now that's going to help them this very minute? It's going to help your brand as well. It's going to help you grow exponentially, potentially quickly, because a lot of people are looking for this kind of help at the moment um, and go from there and then build from there. Healthy farming is great, but what value is that bringing at the moment unless you're going to show people specifically how to grow their own wheat, their own maize, all those kind of, I know you might be going to do that, but right now that's probably not really the ideal step forward. Right now people want help fixing things, give them what they want, give the audience what they want. And if it's something you're passionate about and something you enjoy and um, 100%, that's the way I would go. I would probably look to do video content Um and if you can do stuff that's video content that's really short and succinct, you do those as well, but have different 
ideas for each week. So, for example, you could have a gardening week. So how to fix a pair of shears, how to fix the chainsaw, how to fix the lawnmower and those kind of things. And open the floor up to people for questions as well, because people will have a lot of questions. Oh, my, um, I don't know, my strimmer has died. How do I change the strimming ribbon so that it continues to work? That kind of thing might be running through people's heads. They don't know how to do it. You can just dive in there and go, dead simple. You press this button, it clicks off. You put a new one on. That kind of thing would really help people. Um, so look at that kind of content first. Probably YouTube to start with um, and maybe some blog content taken from the YouTube content, even a transcription from it from something like rev.com. There's a link down below in my pants. Um, and that might help you get a transcription for you for that piece of content. Then you can turn it into a blog and then you've got a written version of what you've said about as well. And then maybe use some of that written version on Instagram. I think there's a lot of stuff you can do, but maybe start with the video content first and then go into the blog. It depends on how comfortable you're talking on camera, but, um, you, you've asked the question, so I'm guessing you're a confident person. Um, so I would do the video stuff and then turn that into more content. Hopefully that answers your question, John. Bit long and convoluted. I do apologise. Anyway, we've been going for 30-odd minutes. It is Saturday. It is beautiful sunshine outside right now. So I'm going to disappear. I'm going to go sit in front of a window because we don't have a garden um, and enjoy the sunshine while the little one is asleep and while Susanna is at work. Um, so thank you very much for watching today. If you're brand new to this channel, please do hit the subscribe button um, so that you don't miss out on any of this content. It comes out every single day. I go live around about 11.30 and also at the end of this show, I will download this and I'll turn it into smaller bite-sized pieces as well so you don't have to sit and watch the full 32-minute video. You could sit and watch just a short five or six-minute piece talking about a specific subject matter, which could be a little bit more um, digestible for you, shall we say. Anyway, until tomorrow, around about 11, 11.30ish, thanks so much for watching today. Please do stay safe. And thank you again to the team at Abode Housing who are sponsoring this week's content. And if you've not taken a look at their longhouse at the moment, which is on their website and for sale, absolutely amazing. Go and click the links in the section below. It's an incredible house. Just going to, even if you're not looking at buying anything, go and take a look at it. It is amazing. Anyway, I will see you tomorrow. Stay safe and have a good one. Bye. This was a Perception Studios production.